most people consider running a 5K or 10K a success, myself included. But what about running for five or 10 hours straight, let alone 24 hours? My guest today definitely pushes his body to the extremes. I'm Callie Youngstrom, and this is Keep Yourself Well. My guest today is an ultra marathon runner who says that running literally helped him find himself and is a savior for his mental health. Chris Tetlock grew up around Regina and found running through the Regina Harriers. As a high school track athlete, he competed at the provincial and national level, but then, as life so often does for many, he got into a career and running fell by the wayside. Luckily, he has found his way back and now he's got some major goals. He wants to run 200 kilometers in just 24 hours, but of course, he didn't get to that goal overnight. Let's get into his story. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. And this is actually Canadian Mental Health Week. And I know mental health is near and dear to your heart, a big passion of yours. So I feel like it's perfect timing to have you. And well, this is embarrassing compared to what you're doing. I'm I'm doing a 5k a day challenge right now. So running is on the mind. <laughs> well, 5k a day is still 4.9k more than most people are doing. So Exactly. That's a great attitude. So, well, we always start the podcast the same way, and it is with the very open-ended question of how does Chris keep himself well? Uh, it is just simply running. That that keeps me centered. I uh, I have a great partner that supports me with, with home life and everything, and uh, my day starts out with exercise, uh, generally yoga first thing in the morning, keeps keeps me going for, for that early morning at work and ends just about every day with a run or elliptical, something along that, that line. Wow. So yoga in the morning, running, end of day. Yeah. So do you do yoga intentionally as kind of like a prehab rehab for your running or is it its own thing? It, uh, how, how to say it, it keeps me centered. It was one of those things I never thought 20 years ago that yoga would be my thing. Uh, until I started doing it. And I realized that that was the best way to wake up every morning. Mm. Uh, just kind of get you get the juices flowing, but also at the same time have that those moments of gratitude where it's like, okay, this is me time before I have to go give my time to work and, and to life and ev everything else that goes with it. And I found that I just became more alert and more everything with my body and and just life in general by having that little bit of time in the morning, as opposed to uh, I had tried the getting up first thing and going for a run. And that works for some people. And uh, for me, I, I like having that alone time, just quiet with, with some yoga in the morning, open the body up. And, and of course it's also good for strength training as well. It, it makes you stronger. Good for you. I love starting the day with yoga and I, it's like a moving meditation, which I think is especially endurance running, you have to go to a meditative place <laughs> to get through that. Do you go to a studio or do you just practice at home? I just practice at home. I uh, I started following a, a lady on YouTube that got me started in it where I was just trying to open my body up and uh, I I do her stuff just about every day. So yeah. Okay. Who do you follow? Uh, yoga with Adrian. Fan favorite. Yeah. And, I, and Benji. Yes. And Benji. You can't forget Benji. 
Yeah. Uh, we had another guest on here who mentioned her too, but I know her work because I recommend it to lots of clients because it's so, I mean, a great affordable like resource. Amazing. Do you, have you done hot yoga? No, I, I've been told I should and everything. I just haven't got there yet. Oh, I mean, I don't think there's any should. It's whatever works for you. If this is part of your routine, I, uh, I just am like a tin man. And so I need the heat to get my everything moving a little bit more. <laughs> oh, I get you. I'm a natural furnace, so I'm always warm and ready to go. So it doesn't matter what it, what I'm doing. I'm already warm. Yeah. Good for you. So every single day, do you start your day with yoga? Do you take days off? Yes, there will be days because, uh, there, there's just some times where you wake up next to your significant other and both of you just want to stay in bed that extra oh. half hour together. And yeah. those are the days where you yeah. just stay in bed because that's uh, in a different way. That's your own yoga. That That's the mental side where you get that alone time that you would normally be on the mat. Uh, you get it, but you share it with your partner. And sometimes you don't say anything. You just lay together and and that's enough to get you in that right zone for the day. Oh, good for you. Well, and like you said, if it's a matter of it's kind of filling your cup before you go about your day, there's different ways to do that. So that's amazing. So and I know based on what I've learned about you already that five years ago, you probably would have answered the question, how do you keep yourself well very differently? So how has your approach to wellness and self-care mentally and physically shifted over the last five or 10 years? Well, five years ago, I really didn't take care of my mental health. I, I really didn't. Uh, it was just part of that. I, I lived by the, I, I have to go to work to make money. Money is what makes the work world goes round and money will kind of solve problems. And, uh, and it worked for a long time. Uh, but at the same time I wasn't well. And, and as I just woke up one day and realized that I wasn't well in my head and at the same time realizing that I, I was a much bigger guy. I had put on a lot of weight over the years of bad decisions and and something just needed to change. And uh, that's that's what kind of started the change into it. And, and it kind of started with the yoga and realizing that that wake up in the morning got me to a place where it's like, oh, well, I feel so good that I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go get on that elliptical and I'm going to, I'm going to do something there. And it all kind of started with that. But yeah, five years ago there, there wasn't even a thought about mental wellness or physical. It was, can I get my body going for another 14, 16, 18 hours of work? That's, that, that's where my mind was at. It was very money motivated. And uh, unfortunately that's how our society is kind of grooming us all to be. And, it's very hard to break out of that, let alone avoid it altogether. Yeah, absolutely. So living to work at that point, not working to live. Oh, yes, 100%. Because uh, it was one of those, you know, we're it, at some point in our life where we've all heard the phase keeping up with the Joneses, that kind of stuff and everything. And uh, I was making more money than I needed. And I thought that that was, that was how I was going to be successful. I didn't realize that... Uh, my my time was worth more money than I was making. Like the the money didn't matter. Right. Well, and you can't put a price on can't put a price on it. Can't put a price on happiness, your health, your mental health. So, and I feel like yoga or any movement or like meditative practice, when you start the day with it, you've started the day on a win. So you're so much more likely to keep making better choices 
throughout the day versus getting up and, you know, getting right to work and hitting the ground running in that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to literally wake up 10 minutes before I had to leave my house. I would wake up, put my clothes on, grab whatever I could out of the fridge for breakfast, and I'm right to work. And now, even if I start work at 6 a.m., I'm I'm up two and a half hours before that. Wow. Good for you. So when you run daily or most days, do you run almost daily? Uh, I do cardio every day uh, because I am 40 and I realized that I was once a big guy and I have to take care of my body. I try not to run every day. However, there are cycles in my training that it is running every day. And but that's just for the ultra marathoning. I, you kind of have to get your body used to taking that pounding of every day right. just because you're going to put all that. But uh, now there's I do a lot of cross train with the elliptical. It has been my my go to. It's the closest to running without the impact. So there's there's something one way or another. And and recently I've started biking a little bit more. Just uh, it's a different movement, but it's those easy recovery days. It's really good. And using a commute to work on the bike is also a great way to just add more movement into your day. Yeah, absolutely. And get outside now too, which I think in yeah. the world of mental and physical health, we really take for granted, especially living in Saskatchewan, what a big difference that makes now that the sun shines back. And we've all been reminded that we're a little happier. <laughs> well, uh, my thing is, is uh, those who know me know I'll run, I run in cold temperatures. I, I'll go out in those 30 below days, like Christmas day, I went and did 25k and it was mm-hmm. snow up to my knees, that kind of stuff learn how to be happy in in those uncomfortable situations. And then these beautiful days, you find a a utopia you didn't even know existed before. That's such a great mindset. I I always say I'll run in freezing and I'll run in hot, but I just, I need to learn to love the wind still. That's the, Um, and I think that's part of, I mean, endurance, right? You build so much discipline and resilience to be comfortable or as comfortable as you can be in uncomfortable situations. So then, you know, everything else in life is a little bit lighter when you come into those day-to-day challenges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. And and the wind and everything, it's, uh, you're never comfortable, but there there's a quote, I believe, uh, David Goggins had said it, is being comfortable, uh, learn to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable, something along that lines. I can't remember exactly what it was, but that's that's where my mind is at, is, I go out and I train in those situations that uh, that most people are sitting in in their living room watching me run by them. And they're like, what's that guy doing? And <laughs> I'm out there trying to train the brain because like in in the ultra marathoning and that the body only does so much of it. It's the, the head is what makes you want to quit. It's it's what makes you hurt. Your body is it's just a along for the ride. The brain is what you have to take control of. Absolutely. I think even in short, you know, people who tell me they hate running, I'm like, well, yeah, because it's hard. Mentally, it's hard. You don't want to keep going. So training that and even in like little runs, fives and tens, sometimes my brain is like, you don't really want to, <laughs> you oh, don't want to keep going. A hundred percent. Like I can go do a 60K long run or a 5K just time trial. And I'm there. The, the first three kilometers are the same thing. Your mind telling you, what are you doing? Go back home. (laughs) Once you get past those few kilometers and everything starts to go, the mind realizes that it's not in control anymore. And it, it stops telling you to go home. And it's like, well, I guess I'm just along for the ride. Let's just 
deal with it and carry on. Okay, this is good. I'm going to be thinking about you at that three kilometer mark. And I'll be like, Chris said it gets easier after this. So yeah. tell me like when and how you started running and, and why? Why did running become the main goal? Uh, some of it was nostalgia when I, when I was in, in school and that I had become a, a, a good runner running for in the province, provincial stuff like that, uh, nationals multiple times. I had a great coach who, who got me there and, uh, through bad choices and, and everything as we grow, I got away from it. And it, there was always that, uh, that belief in my mind that I, I was better than where I ended up. And part of it to get back into running was to prove to myself that I wasn't just blowing smoke. I, I was as good as I thought I was those 20 some years ago and everything. And it just, it just kind of developed into, well, okay, well, I, I did this and I dropped all that weight and now let's see what else I can do. And running was always kind of a, uh, without, without realizing it in, in the nineties, mental health wasn't as big of a thing. So running wasn't talked about as a a way to heal yourself and keep your mental health in check and everything. It wasn't looked that way. And uh, once I got running again and I realized what it was doing for me, I realized that there was no other answer for me. That was my thing. That was what could keep me centered. Mm -hmm. It was the way to make decisions. If you're ever lost and you don't know, that was my let's go for a run. It, the clarity will come within that run. And you don't even have to think about it. it. It just, you'll have that aha moment. The light bulb will go on and, and there you go. I like that. The clarity will come within the run. And you have a great quote, just run on it, which I think is brilliant. If you don't know, and what better way if you're like spinning your gears mentally, get outside, get moving. Do you solely run in, outside? Do you run inside at all? I, I do. Uh, I do own a treadmill. I do some work on the treadmill, though I hate it, as some call it the the dreadmill and that. I, I'm not a fan of it, but there are some points where running on ice isn't as good. So you have to take your, your chances. Sometimes the treadmill is the way to go. Uh, this winter, uh, a friend of mine, Laura Sullivan, got me into the field house in Regina here. Mm. And uh, I found a new way to punish my mind and and beat it into submission and uh, go start running 30 or more kilometers around a 200 meter track. And that's where I was like, well, hey, that that's a that's a new idea that I never thought of. It's a and, new way to suffer. Yeah, well, that's uh, honestly that's what ultra marathoning is. It's it's not who can who can win or who can lose or anything. It's who's willing to suffer the most. Mm -hmm. And but on your terms cuz Let's face it, life is going to throw enough suffering at you. At least this suffering I have control over. And I want to do put myself through more suffering on my terms than life could ever throw at me because whatever life throws at you, then you're prepared. Yeah. You don't care. It's just like, oh, okay, my engine just blew in the car. I'll figure it out. I don't care. It's yeah. good. The family behind Karzan Local Market believes everyone deserves access to high-quality, locally-raised, nutrient-dense food. That's why they've developed a pre-order payment plan program designed to make it easier than ever for you to enjoy their premium meat products. Karzan is offering you the chance to pay for your beef or hog share in small, automatic payments over six months, making it more affordable for everyone in a time where, let's face it, everything's just a little more expensive. 
Parzan Local Market takes pride in providing premium beef that's grass-grazed and raised right here in Saskatchewan, and they've expanded access with pickup locations across Alberta, Manitoba, and Saskatchewan. To sweeten the deal a little more, use the code WELLNESS10 at checkout to get $10 off your order. What are you waiting for? Head to karzanmarket.ca today to learn more about the pre-order and payment plan program or find them on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok under Karzan Grassfed. Karzan Local Market, grass grazed, Saskatchewan raised, premium beef. Order now to taste the difference. And if you need to, you know, you can run 100K, so you'll get wherever you need to be if you're in <laughs> yeah. Believe me, five years ago, I didn't think that I'd ever even run a half marathon. And then it just started happening that uh, I just stayed running regularly and upping my mileage. I, I did take time to educate myself on new styles, new techniques of, of training and everything to learn what I needed to do. I, I don't suggest anybody just go out there and try to run 100K by upping your mileage by, you know, double every week, you're you're going to get injury. But, you know, educate yourself and you can achieve things. Absolutely. Good for you. Well, and it's so motivating because everybody starts somewhere, you know, like having the people like you to show where you can go. Do you listen to anything when you run? Uh, a lot of everything. Sometimes it's books, uh, sometimes podcasts, uh, music, depending on what it is. Uh, again, the, the music I like because when I'm doing higher intensity workouts, some people, will, you know, play their, uh, whether it be rock or whatever, that's where I play the slow music. You put on some R and B, you put on some blues, something like that that's going to play with your head. So you have to stay upbeat while your mind is going la la la. And then the slow stuff is where I play. Like I listen to a lot of different genres, but I do kind of always go back to hip hop, R and B, and rap and that. So when on slow days, that's where I pump that high intensity stuff. And then it's the other challenges trying to keep everything in check running at this level while the music's way up here and that so but I listen to a little bit of everything and sometimes you just take the earphones out and you listen to your breath your foot foot strikes on the ground that kind of stuff it's a little bit of everything I can imagine running in silence is extra challenging it can be um Early, early on in your run, it's the challenge. Once everything has kind of got in its groove, just listening to your breath and the foot strikes is is just soothing for the soul. You just hear it. And, and there's such a, the monotony of the foot strike, because when you're going at a set pace, your, your foot strikes are just like a, a pendulum going, just ding, ding, and, and you just get lost in it. You, you just like, oh, and then your watch goes, dings at you that you just ran another kilometer and you're like, oh. Well, didn't it just go off 30 seconds ago? You just don't even know. Yeah, when you're really just in that flow state, which I feel like yoga and running both, it, you know, gives you that opportunity for flow state. I have not embraced the mental challenge yet of running in silence, but I do believe that there's even greater benefit to not having the, dis you know, distraction of listening to someone else's voices. And that's probably where you get so much more of that, Clarity. That's it'll be the next challenge. I need to. I have a friend who's training just for his first for his first marathon right now, and he only runs like his long runs in silence because he wants to push that mental discipline 
even more. So I'm inspired. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the great thing about running is there's like, there's no right or wrong way to mentally train. Some people like silence. Some people like music. Some people are out there running with a pendulum sound on their phone, just ding, ding. And that's supposed to line up with their foot strikes. And, and they just run that way. And, and all the power to them. Everybody has something different. Yeah. Well, and I think it's amazing that you have embraced coaching throughout your life. You had a co- a great coach, obviously, originally that introduced you to running. And now you're still working with a coach. And I feel like your story is so, so common, because like you said, we're kind of trained in our society that, you know, you grow up and you start working and you, you know, we don't continue to be athletes and pursue sports often into adulthood. So I feel like that story, like getting into your career and having those passions fall away is so common. How do you feel like that happened for you? Was it you kind of graduated and that was it? Or was it like slowly you let go of it? Oh, it was a mixture of a couple things. Uh, First, right out of high school, uh, I had had an injury, uh, Achilles tendonitis chronic in both ankles. And uh, they were my own, my own fault, nothing to do with my coach or anything. I was putting too many miles and not enough rest period. So then I was forced to take a step back for a couple of years before I could run without any pain. Uh, In that couple of years, we all know a lot can happen in in two months, let alone two years. I, I made some bad life decisions, got involved with some people who had not my best interest at heart, uh, a relationship that started in that time, uh, family problems, all kinds of things that we, we we could be here for hours to go through them all. But sum it all up, I just, I made bad decisions that put me into that situation. And uh, I just didn't recover from them sooner, soon enough, I should say. Uh, eventually I did, because I'm here now, but uh, it was one of those that, uh, it's a slippery slope. You make one bad, one bad decision and you lose a little confidence on the next decision. And they just keep going and going and going until before you know it, you, you lost 10 years to bad decisions. Yeah. Like a, just a lifestyle creep, I think, which is really common. But look at you. Oh now. yeah. What, what did your fitness journey look like outside? Well, walk me through the whole thing. Cause you started slow and worked your way up and weight loss was a big part of that journey. So I assume nutrition was also, part of that journey it it was uh it like i said earlier it started just by looking in the mirror and realizing that uh i didn't like who i who was looking back at me it wasn't me looking back it was a shell of who i was Mm. and and i knew right that day that something had to change and that's where it was okay i know that i'm not eating right so i cut basically all sugar out of my diet, uh, any kind of soft drink, any juices. I was on straight water and nothing but. Uh, I am a meat eater and I, I fully believe in, in the proteins and animal food. I grew up on the farm, so so I go pretty hard with that. Uh, but I also get my share of vegetables and all that. So it was basically my breakfast became salads with bacon and everything else was uh, just a whole lot healthier. Uh, just I I also did some research and on the uh, fat-based diets and that. I don't follow any diet specifically. I still like the freedom of eating whatever I want because uh, now in ultra marathoning, I have to eat bacon. I need I just need the fat. I need it to go in my body. 
but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it kind of started where I just needed those change. So the next step was getting from the transition from the yoga in the morning on to the elliptical. And uh, that that first elliptical workout, it was like one mile and it was eight minutes and 15 seconds or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's all I got. And I was sweating. I like it was unreal. But it was okay. This is a starting point. And I realized that you don't start up here. You start way down here. So it was like, okay, the next day was just yoga. And then the next day was elliptical again. And then I started, I, I was off work on, on, uh, on my time off of the year. So then it was some stairs. And then I just started seeing some weight come off with those changes. And it just kept building to the point where then I'm doing two ellipticals in a day and I get out the old treadmill and get it set up. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try and run a little bit. I, I know I had an Achilles problems. And all of this was also after an Achilles tear. Uh, I did try coming back into running in 2016. And I wasn't so educated. I got out and I was doing runs after work, I had already been in a good place. And I tried doing part of a workout I should have never been doing. I was on the track in Regina at Douglas Park. And uh, yeah, I tried to do a hard 250 50 meters into it. I had I heard something and I had no push on my left foot. And I'm like, what's going on? And I slow down and I stop and I collapse because I had nothing. And it was a complete clean tear. Yeah. And uh, oh, I will say the ego that I had at the time was, oh, this is just something I do have to get to the hospital. I literally tried to drive myself, but uh, I hobbled with some help to my car. And if it was an automatic I was driving that day, not a standard, I would have drove myself to the hospital, but I couldn't even push the clutch down. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was an eye opener beforehand. But uh, when I started jogging and everything, couple years later it was okay I got to go smart with this it's no impact nice and easy no fast workouts and it just kind of started to build all of a sudden I'm running twice a week and ellipticaling every other day and then you know those double ellipticals or an elliptical and a run every day and before I knew it like in two months I dropped 55 pounds just off of exercise and and a change of diet I and, and education, like reading constantly. There's plenty of good books out there on, on different things. Like if you're getting into running, uh, 80-20 Running is a great book to show you that you don't you don't have to go fast to get into running. Like we all, oh, I got to go fast. That's, that's how I get faster is by running fast. No, no, no. That's not what science teaches us now. It's you get faster by doing 80% of your mileage slow. So I was like, oh, well, I can run slow. So I'm started running slow and and I was very adamant on uh, on journaling my workouts and how much I was doing day to day making sure that my week after week mileage was where it needed to be everything and uh, that's when I uh, I learned about ultra marathoning uh, through actually again I mentioned earlier David Goggins yeah. uh, I I didn't even know what ultra marathoning was until I heard that man talk about it and that that book spoke to me because uh, we had much of the same upbringing. It was a very troubled upbringing in my young years with a abusive father and everything. And, uh, and that book just spoke to me. So it was like, well, if this helped him and we have lots of the same upbringing, maybe I'm going to educate myself on ultra marathoning. And when I first realized what it was, I was like, Oh, 
I, that man is made of steel. What are what are these crazy people doing? I'm I'm just gonna build a little bit, and then before I knew it, I'm I'm running a marathon on weekends uh, every Sunday, just week after week. And it was like, well, if I can do it for myself, I've I've got to be able to do something bigger. But uh, but yeah, that was kind of the progression into what took me from being a 225 pound guy down to the the 170 mark and and running and and doing a lot with it and it it also opened up uh old relationships with with uh friends that i had made from running way back and that we we reconnected in a way that uh, i thought was lost decades before so oh what a beautiful addition well and i can imagine i mean it was tale all this time right we know that we adopt the habits of the people we surround ourselves with. So knowing that you had ended up, you know, with a circle of people who you felt weren't serving your highest good. I can only imagine when you do such a 180 in your lifestyle and your approach to taking care of yourself that those, some of those people naturally fall to the wayside and makes room for people who value the same things that you now do. Looking for a supplement provider that truly cares about your health and fitness goals? Look no further than Supplement World Canada. Since 2015, the team has been dedicated to providing the best brands, service, and community experience for all of their customers. They don't just want to sell you products, they want to support you in achieving your goals, whether you're looking for low-carb options, sugar-free supplements, or any other health and fitness products. And as a local success story based right here in Saskatoon, they take pride in building a strong community of like-minded individuals. Whether you shop online or in store, the Supplement World team wants you to feel like you're part of the family and to show their appreciation, they're offering a special discount code on your next order. Just use the code KYWellness for 10% off at supplementworldcanada.com. That's promo code KYWellness for 10% off at supplementworldcanada.com. I, I did have to let some people go. Uh, it just first there, there's only so much time in a day and you don't need a, you know, two handfuls of friends. You, you can get, you can have a great life with three and, and, and that's good. And unfortunately I had some good people that I had to let go because they didn't understand. And, uh, but at the same time, you think of, how you got in that position. I let go of good people as I fell into a negative. So as you're coming back, you're going to leave some of those negative behind again. So it's just, you have to be very self-aware that that's what has to happen. Like if you want to continue to grow, change is part of that. And yeah, people don't always go with that. Yeah. Well, you, oh, you do outgrow people. I really love that quote, you know, that people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I think there are a lot of seasonal people where, you know, if you're kind of working to improve yourself and and they're not, it's just natural to happen. And it's quality over quantity, the depth of relationships when you have fewer of them, I think is much greater. Do you run with people or do you prefer to run alone? It's a mix. I do. I do run alone a lot. Um, I, but I do get runs with friends. Like I have a friend in Saskatoon that I knew from like, I, we've been just about 30 years. We've been friends. Uh, he's a triathlete. Uh, we, we get in runs whenever we can. Uh, I'll make, I, I will literally make trips up there. I'll drive the two and a half hours to go for an hour and a half run with them and turn around and drive home. Uh, there's stuff like that. 
I, I'm very open. I, I try to stay as active in the running community as I can. And and through a friend, Laura Sullivan, and that we, we she's a very good friend of mine. We run just about every weekend. Uh, I try to take part in those kinds of things. It is hard to find people to run with all the time, uh, just because we are on different levels. But at the same time, I really don't care how slow we're going to go. I'll come for a run with you. If you only can do 6K, 5K, hey, I'll come, we'll do 5K together, and then I'll go do the other. But uh, it's been very hard to find some people that want to want to come for that run because I'm also, how to say, I'll push you to your new limit. So if we're going to go for a run, okay, yeah, we'll we'll do 6K. That's your cap for it, no problem. But I'm, I might push you a little bit. Well, you can do one more. Yeah. And I don't think everybody is in line to to have that kind of push for them. Uh, some people like to stay in their their happy zone and they don't they don't want that outside entity coming in or or maybe <laughs> my pace is too quick. Uh, I, I don't know. But uh, but I keep it wide open. And like if you catch me in Regina running around the lake or something, I, I make friends that I don't even know who you are. You're just out there jogging. I'll pull up next to you. Shut the headphones off. Hey, what are you doing? Are you training for something? Just personal fitness i'll have a conversation with you and before you know it you're like oh well i'm my 45 minutes are done for the day and i'm like oh well have a good one and then we wave at each other next time so it's just i i do enjoy the company when it's time to get serious and do a like a harder speed workout or whatever like most people i do enjoy just being in my own head play with my own demons inside and everything keep them in check but those nice easy long slow runs the more the merrier. Let's make a posse of it. We can run six layers to a breast. I don't care. I love that. That's so welcoming of you because I think it makes running so much less intimidating and, you know, you make a community of it. And that is such a beautiful thing when it comes to sports. And yeah, I think it's a great way to catch up with people too. You're killing two birds with one stone. If you got to get a run in that day, Anyways, I have one girlfriend and we always meet. Well, we try to meet once a week. I keep, I've been out of town on the weekends the last two weeks. So I bailed, but you know, we just write meet for a half hour loop. And when you're doing that every day, you're just so connected. We get to, or sorry, every week, you know, we do our little weekly catch up and every time that, you know, it feels like it's going to be brutally hard when you start talking, you distract each other and like all of a sudden the time flies. So, um, okay, well, next time I'm in Regina, I'll come find you at Wascana. that and that's a beautiful run too to do that loop um okay and so talking about some of the lessons learned I mean I think it's a great attitude it's very much the D- David's Goggin he's an intense guy but I like him a lot have you read his new book by the way oh yes yes yeah, yeah. the day it came out I got it <laughs> oh I do I need to I mean I just have like just an endless list of books that are needing to be read. And I've yet to read his books, but I mean, I know his videos and everything very well, but yeah, I know I would love it. So, Oh yeah. The books are better than any video or any podcast from him. He, he gets raw. He talks about the the nasty stuff that nobody wanted to talk about of their upbringing and where they're at, their mindsets, the, the quitter mindset, He just top notch guy, very like both books. I, I've never read two books by the same author that the second one is equal if not even a little bit better than the first well and i think he's a makes you check your own bullshit kind of guy you know it like really makes you look at yourself okay that's gonna be first did you read like hard copies or audiobooks i'm more of an audiobook guy 
just because of how busy I am with everything, it is very hard to sit down all the time. I, I, I do read when I can with the hard copy, but the audiobooks, because I'm a heavy equipment operator, I, I have the books going in my ears all the time. All day. Do you read mostly like professional, personal development, or do you do some novels or listen to novels? Uh, novels, biographies, uh, you name it, from uh, like a Demi Moore biography to Matthew McConaughey, like uh, all the way to even, you know, more controversial like Donald Trump and, and stuff like that. Like it's just we're all different people and we all have different experiences so we can all learn from each other in different ways, whether you like somebody or not, they have a lesson that you can learn. And uh, so I never turn down. I. I've had to actually start a, a audiobook budget because if you just let me free, it'll be, well, if you're at work in your machine for 10 hours in a day, you can burn through a book in a day. No problem. Wow. Do you, cause you can get audiobooks from the library. Do you do that? I have not. No, I, I have a thing about uh, just buying all my, my audiobooks because I listen to them so many times and wow. uh, I, I have kind of a, uh, Going into races, I listen to the same sequence of audiobooks in the week leading up to race day. And and it's the same books every single day. I know how long they are. I know I can get through them in a week. And it, it just triggers this back into where it needs to be. Are you ready to embrace the warmer months? I know I am, and so is Sweet and Sprouted, and they have got you covered. Their delicious, low-carb, sugar-free, and gluten-friendly options are perfect for all your outdoor socializing and barbecues. Their wide variety of sauces, snacks, treats, bevies, and daily groceries can be delivered right to your door hassle-free. Plus, for the entire month of May, enjoy 10% off your next order with the promo code WELLNESS10 and they also offer free shipping on most orders over $150. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Shop online and save on healthy and delicious sugar-free options. Visit sweetandsprouted.com today and use the promo code wellness10 to start enjoying the flavors of the season guilt-free. I know you learned some lessons the hard way, maybe going a little too hard too fast. So before you even tried or trained for a marathon, you did like a one long run, right? Like a 40 K run or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had built up my Sunday long run slowly over, over a couple months where it started, you know, 15 K or 10 miles, 15, 16. And then it just gradually built until I was at 45 K on my long runs. And, uh, and then I realized that why I'm like, maybe I could compete. I was at that point, I was still just doing it for myself for, keeping my head centered and, and keeping the weight off and everything. Cause uh, part of everything is, is I love food. So uh, you got to exercise a lot if you want to eat whatever you want. And, uh, and that was just part of that. And then you set a goal to do like a long, long run on your own, not, not within a competition, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those that after I had run so many mar like marathon Sundays, as I called them, as soon as I did a lot of those and I was like, well, let's, let's see what else I can do. So I, uh, I got it in my mind. I wanted to run a hundred K in 10 hours. And I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. I never dreamed of being able to run more than a hundred K. So I was like, okay, well, let's see what we can do. And, uh, and it was, uh, yeah, in the October of the same year, uh, what was it? Eight, eight months later, I guess it would be eight, nine. I can't do the math right now. 
And I set up October 26th of that year. I was like, okay, that's the day. I had Dan. I spoke about the triathlete. He came down from Saskatoon. He was going to run and bike with me while I did it. Well, we happened to have a blizzard happen that morning. And uh, I was out there starting at, I believe it was 5 a.m. And it just got colder as the day went. The, the best two hours was that first two hours because it wasn't that cold. It was just snowing. Oh, no. And it gradually got colder and colder. And uh, I had enlisted my sister who uh, had a car waiting and, and she sat in her car and she was to bring me food and have it ready and everything. And uh, it just got to a point on I was doing the big loop around Wascana, which is about 10K. And uh, right in front of the legislative from where I started was 4K. And uh, my drinks were freezing in that time, what I carried with me. And you can't stay running 10K loops without taking any any liquid in or anything. But uh, yeah, it started freezing and it, it was just basically slush. And if your body inside under all those layers is so warm and you're putting this slush into it, you start getting gut rot and everything. And, and it just got to a point that... Uh, at uh, just over 70k it was it was time to just pack her in i i was at about uh was it seven and a half hours at that so i'd fallen off my pace a little bit but we were running in in snow and ice and just the a wind that was unreal and uh yeah it, it just got to a point where I had to make the decision that what else do I have to gain? And it was one of those, I think we saw two people out there in, in that seven hours that it was like, I, I don't have anything else to prove to myself, let alone anybody else. How many other explicitives are out here in, in, in this temperature doing this? Wow. No, everybody, the, the Goggins mentality, everybody else is warm on their couch and I'm out here doing this. And it's not for, for a medal. It's not for anything. It's for my own personal belief in myself. And that's where I got. And yeah, that was, uh, that was an experience. And that, that just brought back that confidence that I, if I put my mind to anything, I will achieve it. It may, I may have to do it a couple times to really get there, but I'll get there. Well, and I mean, I think it's one of those, if you can do it in that, in those circumstances, imagine a gorgeous day with the elements on your side. So how did your body recover from that first 70K plus? Uh, it wasn't too bad. I was hurting, but uh, uh, within within a short period of time, I was back running regularly. Like I do little recovery jogs or whatever. I don't really... That's not running for me. They were just recovery. We all do recovery different, but uh, it actually took it pretty well. Uh, going into that, like I was already running long weeks, and uh, in in my industry with with heavy equipment operating, the the genre I'm in, I'm not in my machine all day, so I'm out. I'm shoveling. There's a good amount of manual labor, so my body was already used to a pretty big pounding. Uh, but going into that, I was. I, some people pay attention to steps and calories they burn. Uh, I was exceeding 30,000 calories a day or 30,000 steps a day. And uh, a low day would be like 3,600 calories would be a like a recovery day for me at that time. So the body had really gotten used to what I was making it do. And and it it came back a lot faster. Wow. Uh, I had I had other experiences after that that my body did not come back as fast as it did that time. Yeah, but I push much longer distance on those ones. 
So what then, What tell us about your very first ultra. Oh, the Prairie Nightmare Backyard Ultra. I, no, yes, that's what it's yeah. called. Yes, that is what it's called. And, and, that uh, sounds fun. I, that sounds fun. It, it, it was. It was an experience because, oh. again, I had never actually competed in an ultra. I had just read about them. And now keep in mind, we're, we're in COVID where now we're just starting to have some events that you can do in person. And this was the only one around that I could get into that year. And I had to educate myself on what a backyard ultra was because it's not a normal ultra where it's a set distance or time. This is a backyard ultra is you run 6.7 kilometers every hour, but you have to complete the loop within the hour because at the top of the next hour, you have to do the loop again. So you run as fast or as slow as you want, but you have to be done in that 60 minutes. Well, I went into that thinking, I'm just going to go out and I want to perform hour after hour. And I want to push my body to a line that I, I don't even know exists yet. So the plan was, was to complete that 6.7 in 45 minutes, every hour, no slower. And I did that for just about every hour. I got through 17 hours, 114 kilometers. And, uh, Keep in mind, that was the first time I went over 100 kilometers in a run was in competition. But uh, the body from going that fast, and we also reached, uh, I believe it was 33 above at the hot point in the day. So you're going through the heat, you're going through constant, uh, literally wardrobe changes. Every every hour I'm coming in, I'm changing my shirt because it's chafing, I'm sweating through, you're changing socks, you're changing shoes. I, I had a tent set up and I, I had have some great friends who supported me and they ran my aid station. And eventually you start hitting a wall where you're like, okay, I'm done. I, I can't. And, and then 15 minutes is a lot of time to come in, think you're done, and then somehow pick yourself back up out of that chair, go back to the start box to get going again. And I can honestly say I was there to prove something, not to anybody else, but to myself. So there were certain things, like I said, about completing it in 45 minutes. Keep in mind, there was also, I believe, seven of those hours I was faster than 40 minutes. So I was quite a bit ahead and only one or two that I was slower. But the other thing was, was I understood the mental side uh, to ultra marathoning. And I, with Backyard, there's only one winner. Everybody who doesn't, can't keep going, they, they're out and that's it did not finish. So when you're down to two people, whichever one quits, the other one's the winner and the other guys just a, did not finish. So it, it's a very unforgiving. And I was like, okay, I understand the mental side of this. So I vowed I was going to be one of the first, first people in that start box every hour. And I wanted to be one of the first three guys finishing every hour. I wasn't going to win. I was going that I'm going to go out here and I'm going to prove to myself that I have the mental capacity to no matter if I'm crying, I'm hurting, I'm limping, I'm getting back in that start box and I'm starting. And uh, I got through. I was the I was the the last guy to quit uh, after 17 hours. It was uh, I just reached the point where could I kept going? Yes, I, I I had more in me, but I wasn't going to keep going at the level that I had set at. And I thought that that's that's enough for me it was time to quit I, if i'm not going to compete at the level i want it's time to pack up the shoes and go home 
But uh, that was an experience. And I tell you, the recovery from that uh, was out of this world. I, I got help going home. I went to bed just about immediately thinking, oh, I'm so tired, I'm going to sleep. Your body does not go to sleep. My legs were on fire. I, uh, I thought I was going to be nauseous. I crawled to the bathroom. I slept on the bathroom floor for some hours because the bathroom floor was cold. Yeah. And it was great for my legs. It just, I kept rolling over from side to side to get the cool ground on, on my legs just to bring it down a little bit. Uh, some hours later, wake up and crawl back to bed and waddle around in the house with, uh, I had crutches from when I tore my Achilles. I utilized them. And uh, Dan had been there and he was the friend who brought me home and he unpacked his SUV into my yard. And I, he's like, oh, I'll bring it in for you. And I was having none of that. I was like, no, no, no. You already drove me. You helped leave it outside. I'll deal with it deal with it in the morning. So I woke up in the morning and I I waddled myself out there, coolers, one stair at a time, throwing up oh, and brought all my gear inside. And it but it's that's the process. If if I'm gonna put myself in that position to go through that kind of pain, I don't want any help. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I did that and I'm gonna deal with the repercussions of it. And that's where it was. But uh that was definitely the worst uh, recovery I've had yet. I I've never felt that. So wow. So what? It, how many ultras have you done now? Um, include like all the way because ultra starts basically at fifty k. Um, I think there's eight I've done now in total. So mm -hmm. I, I'm still a beginner. I'm still a novice at it. Uh, I've there. We have a very great ultra marathoning culture and community in the city and in the province and it's con continuing to grow um but uh there there's some that have way more than me that are every like they may not go as far as me but they're they're, they're just as hard they're incredible people the mindset to know what's coming and still willingly go stand on that start line Especially like I've grown into the 24 hour event. I, I think that might be my my go to where I, I know I can push at a level for 24 hours and uh, and, and I'm getting there. And wow. that is just, yeah, there's some incredible things. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still a novice in it. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still evolving to be better and, and, and chasing a new dream. So. So what's the next goal? Uh, the goal, I failed last year at it, uh, so I'm back at it again, as some, some will say, back at my bullshit. Uh, I am trying to reach 200 kilometers in 24 hours is is the goal right now. That's, what that's is, where I want to get. Is, like the, is the most common ultra 100? Uh, I think the most common is probably the 100 mile, because... Uh, there's a lot of genres in the ultra, which I learned as well. You have the trail race ultra. Then you have the circuit, like the 24 hour where you loop a whole bunch of times. Then you have the backyard and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different genres in that. And, and it takes a lot of different training to do different. Like you think, oh, 100K, the training from 100K to 100 mile is probably similar in my knowledge to this point, it's not that similar because in a hundred K I can run a hundred K. I'm sure I'm in shape that I could do a hundred K in around nine hours right now, but I can't hold that pace to do a hundred miles. Like I, it's not even in the same ballpark. You want to add 60, 60% more mileage on, you've got to do, you've got to train different. So 
there, there's a lot of different, but uh, the goal is to uh, to hit that uh, 200K in 24 hours to see if I can qualify for the uh, Canadian national team. Wow. So when do you have a date for the 200K? Uh, June 10th is the Canada Goose Ultra. So it's coming up here. I've got to actually two weeks in between races. I'm doing a 12 hour night event, uh, at, uh, white or not white view trails, Wascana trails, uh, outside of Regina. I'm doing uh, a new this year, a 12 hour at night. It starts at sunset and ends at sunrise. Cool. And so I'm trying to go on the trails and do a hundred K as my last long run. I'm not really there to compete. I just want to go out and enjoy myself, get into the the groove of it all and night running is very different than day running so uh, you have to do some runs at that so i'm trying to two birds at one stone with that one and then two weeks later go into the 24-hour event around wascana in in regina here good for you i had no idea that there was this ultra community there or here in Saskatoon, nonetheless. And I want to say, you, it takes a village, really, to have those people who are supporting you with your aid stations. Like, this friend Dan sounds like a great friend, and I'm sure you have many other people. So for those who know nothing about this, tell us about that. Like, how does it work to have a team supporting you in those in-between moments? Uh, first and foremost, you have to have people there that are for me anyways, this is just me. Everybody has something different. I like the positive. They know I'm going to hurt. I know I'm going to hurt. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. So I literally have a book that has, I've typed everything out for them that in their time, they're in my aid station. This is what I need you to do. This is probably how I'm going to feel. This is crap. I'm going to say, ignore me. If you don't like what I'm saying, tell me to F off. Like be raw with me and, and and don't put the kid gloves on. Some people like my mother comes into my race events and everything, but you don't want your mother to be in your age station because moms like to put kid gloves on and treat you like you're a kid. I'm 40 years old. I'm not a kid. I'm going to hurt. Don't put the kid gloves on. Be as real as you can. You want those real people that are there supporting you, understanding that negativity has no place in this. You already know you're hurting. You're already feeling the negative. Silence is better than negative. And you just need people that, uh, like, again, I'm a planner, so they know, like, all my nutrition is based out. This is what I need every single lap, and, and it's all documented. What do I actually take in? If I miss something in a loop, it has to be documented, because if I fail... I need to see where things started to go wrong down the line. So you need people that do pay attention to detail and understand that you don't get to your goal without them there too. Yeah. Because like, I don't get there. If they're not there helping me and saving me those little bits, like it may only be seconds every round that I, you know, I don't have to stop to grab the next water bottle out of the cooler. It's sitting on top of the cooler for me, you know, stuff like that. Those seconds don't seem like much, but if I have to stop for too long to do that, this can start to come in back in and take control and be like, oh, well, you're here. What's sitting down for 30 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. So you you definitely need people who love you with all their heart and want to see you succeed. And, and that's, that's a, the best thing I can say. It's such a team effort, despite, you know, seeming like a solo sport. I think that 
it's probably more of a team effort than a lot of sports because the amount of like time and uh, yeah, preparation, a lot of planning and strategy into these long runs. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have a goal, like there's, there, there are a lot of great ultra marathoners who are just there to go out and have fun. They don't care how long they go. They're just there for a good time. And I salute them all the power they, they, to do this without having a goal is to me just as hard as doing it with a goal. But they, you know, they stop, they do their own thing and everything and all the power to them. I'm, you know, I'm very goal orientated. I need that target to kind of justify what I'm putting myself through. And so I I employ some some very good friends, uh, at least a couple at a time, usually in an aid station. And it depends on what I'm doing. But I have simplified the aid station down to more or less two people for a 24 hour period. I, I want to be alone at a couple points in it, but for the most part, have somebody early just to be there to get everything in the groove, then a little gap, and then somebody for the long haul to take me through the night. Good for you. That's so cool. Well, I am just amazed by you, and I can only imagine uh, Chris 10 years ago would never believe it if he saw you now. And I know you mentioned right away, like running is so important to, I mean, I really do think it is your, your therapy. And sometimes I think we have to be cautious when we say like running is our therapy, et cetera. I do Brazilian jujitsu and we, you hear a lot of that, like jujitsu is your therapy, but for some people, I really truly believe it is. And, uh, so I know that you lost your sister to suicide, which I'm so sorry to hear in, in 2022. And being that this is mental health week, I think it's so important to, you know, use these opportunities to talk about that. And I'd love to know how has that changed your approach to mental health and to life and how running through that experience was? It, uh, I can honestly say that if I didn't find running again when I did, I I would not be okay to talk to you today about any of this it uh it allowed me to cope with her with with the loss of her and uh and she's with me every day uh it's given i I don't overly believe in motivation i'm very much you either want to put the shoes on and lace them up or you don't and uh and having lost her makes me want to put my shoes on more Mm. just because i know that she suffered from her own uh physical and mental problems that, uh, in the end, uh, were, were her choice. And unfortunately the hardest thing I had to accept was suicide is something that is a person's choice. They, they choose. I understand that they go through negative things and everything, but it was a choice. And if I didn't have running, I wouldn't be self-aware enough to accept that. I'd still be asking the question that I think everybody in that position does. Why, why did it happen? Why did they choose this? you don't need the answer. There is no answer as to why, because even if there was, is that good enough for you? No, you just have to accept that they made their choice based on what was going on with them that you knew nothing about. And if I didn't make my choices with running, I wouldn't understand that she made her choices based on what she was going through. And that's where running really helped me get through that and helped me be there for my mother and and everything through it. And and like I said, it, it's now part of my everyday, why I do lace up, why I do get my workouts in, whatever they may be, because uh, quite honestly, and I'm sure lots of people have said it before in different places that uh, you, uh, how to say, 
you never get over those losses. You just find a way to cope with them and, and, and everything. And, uh, I'm doing my best to cope with it. Uh, but I'll, I'll never be over it. Like nobody ever is like you lose a sibling and that's like, uh, I wasn't even 40 years old and, and I lost my sister. She was only two years older. There's a lot like my story. Again, uh, I, one of my, my things that I say is I'm not special, uh, in my own way, what I've gone through, there are millions of people around the world that go through it every day. And, and it's terrible that they do, but the only thing that maybe sets me apart is I'm willing to share that. And I, I'm not suffering in silence. I get it out there and, and I'm willing to talk about it. Not everybody is. There is positive to come from it. And that positive is, is she runs with me now. She, she wasn't able to do it before, but now she, she's part of my, my drive to get up there on those bad days. You're going to gain more. And those bad days often involve some of the memories of, of that day and everything. But it's a, do I want to, do I want to wallow in that negativity or do I want to grow from it? Wow. And, and it's a, it's a choice. I, I have to choose to grow growth. Growth doesn't just happen. Like, uh, to, in my mind, it does. You make growth happen. If you're not making growth happen, you're actually going backwards. You're sliding, and the sliding is natural state. You like in life, you don't stay like this. You're actually going downhill unless you're consciously making an effort to go uphill. And well, it's it's not an accident. Growth doesn't just happen, you know. No. And I think that the way that you handle and have, you know, played the cards you've been dealt in life is special can i ask what was your sister's name uh vicky victoria uh do you know what this is such like unique timing i'm going to sign up tonight at there's like an in-person event for the run for women for mental health and so i'm going to that tonight and i will be thinking of vicky on behalf of you so and thank you for sharing because it is we we just have to more people benefit when we talk about it so thank you for sharing and on a more positive note, I know that you're trying to expand your ability to reach and help others and that you're getting some certifications and YouTube is a part of that. So tell us about the ways that you're trying to connect others. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely uh, ultra marathoning isn't the end for me. Like it's definitely part of my life for the rest of my life. But uh, I. Uh, how to say we don't always see our own potential. We believe we can do more, but sometimes it takes somebody outside seeing something more in you. And uh, again, uh, last year and in the previous couple of years, uh, I, I've mentioned her before, Laura had uh, had kind of brought it up on our runs. Oh, you you would maybe look into that. And then at Christmas time, a very old friend of mine uh, that I've known again since, oh, I want to say about grade nine or grade 10 way back, uh, Simon Baru. Uh, he still, his family still lives here. He's, uh, for those who don't know, he's a former Canadian 10,000 meter record holder on the track. Uh, he now works for Nike. He, uh, it, an incredible athlete in his own, uh, did things that most people could only dream of, uh, NCAA, uh, cross country winner, uh, back to back. Was it two or three times? I can't remember right now. Anyways, he comes home at Christmas time to visit his family, and uh, 
I'm lucky enough, uh, he makes time for us to go out for supper when he comes home to visit family. And this year, he brought up that maybe I should take a, a serious look at coaching, that I have something to offer in there, that my mindset and that, whether it be in the the younger years in like high school and beyond, that I have something to offer. So I started to really mull that over. And I came to the conclusion that how do you argue somebody who uh, – can has achieved what that man has achieved and was coached by some of the, the best coaches uh, that have ever trained distance. So if he sees something, it gives you a chance to maybe take a step back and look in that, as Goggins calls it, the accountability mirror and realize that I can do more. And uh, so I, I have started the process to get run coach certification. Uh, I believe that I can help more. Uh, I'm not going to limit myself to just ultra marathoning, uh, training that or anything like that. I believe that I can offer from that, that high school mentality all the way up because uh, we have a soft system that's training our, our young kids to not expect excellence from themselves. And, and I believe you need to expect excellence from yourself because nobody else is. Everybody wants you to almost wants you to fail. So they feel better. And I, I think whether you're 16 or 60, your life is still just beginning. You can find something new. You can do something new. I, I literally see ultra marathoners in their 60s that are doing 100Ks in their 60s and beyond. So if they can do it, anything's possible. So I definitely am working on that. And uh, last year, uh, again, part of my losing my sister in that, uh, I had thought there's more ways for me to reach people. And I had started my, my YouTube. Uh, unfortunately I may have started a little too soon because I, uh, I wasn't fully healed when I started it and the, the workload that goes into such things and making those videos, especially when it's outside your, your realm, me sitting in front of a camera, I'd rather go run a hundred K back to back days than sit in front of a camera and then have to edit and, and figure out what I'm going to say and everything. It was so out there, but I got videos out and I, I do plan to re-evolve that again this year. I, I do believe that I have some, some more clarity on where that's going to come. So that's, that's where my ultra addiction came from. Like that's the name of my YouTube and that, and that's, uh, it's going to touch more on, on not just mental health, but all the way down to, you know, I, there will be some shoe reviews because I did that kind of thing. But there's there's kind of a saturation of the market of that. So I don't think that's that's not really me either. But uh, when it comes to the mental health and mental strength and just teaching yourself to not take your own shit. Your, your head is going to keep throwing crap at you that it's like, oh, you can't do that. You, you should do this. This is easier. Well, the, the mind is like water. It's looking for the easiest path, the path of least resistance. That's what the mind is doing. It, it's just water in a stream until you start putting the dams up and you're like, no, I'm not going to let you go that way anymore. That's unacceptable. And you, when you start not accepting what this is going to say, you can start to really grow. And I, I believe that I have something to offer in that. And I, I plan to get there through through YouTube to just help to reach more because I live in a city that doesn't have a huge population in a province that doesn't have a huge population. And there's 
I can only reach so much here. I, I can only go for so many runs in so many places and say hi to so many people and tell the story. And I, I've been lucky enough that some of the, these connections through racing and through running, I've made friends who have then said, hey, you know what? I was having trouble getting going, but that's when you said you're either going to lace them up or you're not. That spoke to me and I got my ass in gear and I put my laces and, and I got out there and I'm like, OK, that's great. Now, imagine if I could reach more with the same message in a, in a different avenue. And that's just the way of it. Uh, you, you know, there's more than one path to get to the same end point. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'll be subscribing and watching and I can't wait. Uh, and I know you're going to help so many more people than you, you know, than you already do. So I want to be mindful of your time. We're going to wrap it up, but we have a quick few rapid fire questions. And the first of those is who is your biggest role model? Oh my, oh my. Biggest is tough because I, when it comes to uh, just being a good human being, my role model would be, uh, would be, my stepdad, he was the only one who uh, just showed me what it was like to just unconditional love and, and to be a good person. When it comes to just mindset, uh, the role model has to be Goggins. Uh, that man shows that it doesn't matter what your upbringing is. You can just keep achieving. Um, those those are there. But when it comes to you put both of those together, I can honestly say it is my best friend, Dan. Uh he finds a way to have a healthy marriage, be with a great lady, uh, be a stepdad and a father to his own and be a great triathlete. Uh, there, there's just not enough good to say about the man. And that's, that's, if there was somebody I wish every, every man could become, that would be the man. He, uh, he is just, he's literally Dan, the man. What's his last name? I'm wondering if I know what we're talking uh, about. Too good. Oh, Oh, that sounds yeah. very fitting for your description of him. Uh, I was just wondering if I'd ever like bumped into him ar around the city here. So um, that's amazing. A great handful of role models. Best advice you've ever received? Just believe. Believe in yourself. No matter what you want, everybody can tell you, you can't do that. That's not attainable. You should do this. Put the earphones on, block them all out, and just believe that you can. But believe, but put in the work. You have nothing comes without the work. You have to believe, but put in the work. Amazing. Anything's possible. Best book or resource you'd recommend to people? The two books. There, there's got to be two here because I, I there's one book I haven't spoke about yet. But oh. uh, one obviously is Goggins with Can't Hurt Me. You that will. The, the swear word of motivation that that will give you that that will get you started another one is uh by an author tim s grover uh it's called relentless yeah. uh he is the trainer of michael jordan and uh Dwayne wade and countless other basketball and i know it has nothing to do with running but it has everything to do with the mindset that that i do have and, and just that uh kind of that drive. And I believe that those, those two resources, those two books will, even if you don't like sports, uh, both of them will give you good life experiences because uh, both those authors came from nothing to be great in their own aspect, in their own way. And those two books are incredible. 
Okay, I need to add to card both of those immediately. Personal mantra or words you live by? Oh, that's simple. Just run on it. Yeah. Just run on it. Let's run on it. Any variation of that. I I live by it. If I'm having a bad day, I come home and I run on it and the day doesn't seem bad anymore. If I have a decision that the, the answer hasn't been clear, I don't just make a decision. I, I go and I run on it and that clarity comes and the decision just pops in. It, it just, hey, this is what you're to do. And it's like, all right, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, silence is all the other noise. And last but not least, for everyone who wants to follow along and be a part of your journey, where the, can they find you? Uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, what am I on Facebook? I think I'm just my my name, Chris Tetlock or Ultra Addiction. Uh, Instagram, Ultra 2 Addiction. And on YouTube, Ultra Addiction. Perfect. And we'll link everything. And thank you so much. And good luck on June 10th. I'm going to be following along, cheering there with you in spirit and i really can't wait to hear how it goes oh thank you very much it's been a pleasure my pleasure we'll talk to you soon yeah take care that's all the time we have together this week thank you so much for being here with chris and i don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode every sunday you can find me on instagram tiktok and facebook at ky wellness more details about all episodes can be found at kywellness.ca under the podcast tab Don't forget to move your body, nourish your body, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. See you next week and keep yourself well.